You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom. This is To Stir With Love, a criminal justice reform podcast. And um, for those that have been listening over the last couple of weeks, we've had, um, I think everyone realizes that listening to music, especially if it's music that stirs a chord in them from the past, can diffuse a situation, can help them cope with the situation. And I've, 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 I want to discuss with our, who we have with us tonight, this idea about how is it happening? Can it happen more? Uh, and are there ways that we can introduce music? Obviously, this is not about reforming the actual laws, but assuming that incarceration continues, can we can we maximize the amount of, of, of situations where music is being played, not just uh, piped in music, but specifically, I want to talk about live music, the excitement of live music and what that does for us. Um, we have with us again, uh, uh, first of course, uh, Rabitzka Kolakowski, who is, of course, the head of uh, chaplaincy in, in Weimart prison, and he knows quite a bit about programs where music has been offered. Um, we also have with us uh, Rabbi Yaman Scheiman, who, as you know, is the chief executive officer and the uh, the 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 creator of that uh, outfit known as Hinda Helps that deals with uh, prisoners from all situations from before, from the incarceration and afterwards. And um, we have uh, David with us, and David's been with us before. And David uh, has not only been an incarcerated individual, he's someone who, when I asked him about this subject, felt very um, excited about uh, contributing here because he had actually been involved in uh, 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 with concerts and music in prison, and he knows about its very positive effects. Uh, you know, Poiskin of the COVID Achsanya, we'll start, I guess, with our, in, in a sense, with our hosts and the people that are helping host us. Um, um, uh, Rabbi Yitzchok, um, the uh, did, did you want to uh, comment first about uh, what happens, why don't you tell us a little bit, Yitzchok, what happens well, in your, in, in, over there in Weimar? You know, t- today as I was leaving work, one of, I'm the supervisor for all the different religions, so one of the, one of the Protestant Christian pastors who I supervised was sitting and practicing for the church service with the guitar and, and singing a hymn, getting ready for, for a service that would, that was later uh, this evening. Uh, historically, that's how Johnny Cash got connected to Folsom Prison. He actually never served in Folsom Prison. His his, his uh, incarcerations were only one night each. There were seven different times that he was in that he was arrested for some minor dis- misdemeanors, like picking flowers in a public uh, <laughs> park in Mississippi, <laughs> things like that. And he actually saw a movie in 1951 about. Falls in Prison, a, a dramatic film, and that's what inspired him to write the the song about Falls in Prison. What happened was that uh, about ten years later, there was a, a church that he was attending, and the pastor there was a Reverend Floyd Gressett, 
who asked, who was also a chaplain there in Folsom, uh, asked Johnny Cash, who at the time uh, felt like he'd already been a little bit past his prime at first, uh, but actually found really uh, after recording in Folsom Prison, you know, kind of had his big comeback and became very popular once again, maybe more popular than he was earlier. So um, that was actually the connection of how he. So he actually, up. so in other words, he was brought to the prison sort of as a church, uh, uh, as an aspect of, of what the pastor wanted him to come. Right. And yep. this was, this was when Johnny, and again, this is not a show about Johnny Cash, but, but I think it's important to note that his entry into the prison was almost as a, um, as an as an evangelical person, right? He was coming to, in a way, to sing, but also to spread the word of 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 of, of the Lord. Was that would you, was that true? That was his first his first visit was was you know invited by his pastor, and then it was once he was there and he was uh, so well received by the inmates. That's when. He decided two so, years later to come back and make the okay, recording. So Yitzchok, we know that in your prison, although not all state prisons are that way, there are, like you say, a number of musics and, and, and music situations, whether it's a concert, uh, a, a solo performance. Is, does it all go through the religious uh, you know, official like yourself or does, it, or does it go through you know, the activities person? How does that work? It depends on whether it's a religious performer or not. And so in general, most of the concerts, uh, this is all pre-COVID. We haven't had any actual concerts since COVID started, although still uh, we can we can talk about how even the activities department found ways to, to work through that. Um, but okay, in, well, let's imagine we, COVID hasn't happened yet. Go back to before COVID. Before COVID, when 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 concerts would occur, when music would be, uh, would there be a music concert stage? Did it did it go through? Was it through you or through the activities director? If it was a totally secular performer, it would go through the activities de- uh, director. And if it was in somehow a religious performer, I kind of felt that some of these should have gone through the activities department, and not some of the other prisons, it's all handled by the activities department, but. It, it fell on on my uh, on my shoulders to uh, facilitate the religious uh, musicians, and so, uh, I don't know we had some some interesting experiences. You know, I, I guess you know everybody has their own taste in music, and I, I was uh, I remember you know we had some very nice uh, Mennonite uh, singers who would come and sing Christian hymns and do their ministry work, and I felt that that was more. Uh, and they would come every year. I felt that was more in line with what the chaplains were called to do. And they would, you know, maybe bring a, a banjo or something or a guitar, nothing major. But then I remember there was one band. Uh, I don't need to mention them by name, but they, and uh, you know, they wanted to come uh, and uh, perform. And they and they s- said that, you know, they were a Christian band and they had to bring all kinds of uh, equipment and I asked well if you know you're coming to bring a message you don't need all this equipment they said well we want to give the inmates an experience that was identical to what you know you would have going to a concert out on the street and I I was a new chaplain at that time and I was a little nervous your experience indicates that on one hand 
on ideas, well, we can make these uh, inmates feel better people by giving them religious music and religious performers. And this is a way to sort of like bring God to them, whether it was Johnny Cash bringing them or your Mennonite people. And this is a way that we could, through music, in other words, we can't necessarily hit them over on the head with the Bible, but maybe the ideas of the Bible, if they're sung to music properly or the Quran or whatever religious book there is. Um, and, and that's one way to look at why this is important. But if we go back to the original quote that I started with, soothing the savage breast, just the idea that it's a calming thing. And in many ways, I'm going to push back and say there are many incarcerated individuals that don't necessarily want to get more you know, more preaching done to them and more saying you should be a better person, but rather the music in a way can transport them. It can at least make them feel that they aren't as suffering as much as they thought they were. It could actually perhaps summon up a beautiful moment in their past. So instead of hearing some sort of new age or country version of, you know, you know, uh, of how someone comes to Jesus, what they could just hear about is, you know, um, you know, they can hear some song that was important to them when they were growing up and, and, and they could hear it and it could somehow resonate with them and they could be taken back to that innocent time before they committed the crime. And, 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 and that could somehow make them just feel better. And, and in that way, uh, you know, it's not necessarily from a religious standpoint. I mean, we have three rabbis here. Myself, you, and Rabbi Shimon, and all of us would like everything we do to be, you know, about getting it, getting the Torah, getting God, getting the religion to them. But maybe we need to think about music's power beyond that. Uh, and, and, and why all of us, I think, you know, all of us here, I, I would assume anybody who's going to download this episode has certain strands of music that they could probably summon back up to themselves and they'll probably find themselves crying over it and not even realizing why. And I think having more of that in, in prison, I think can soothe the situation. So you know, instead of necessarily taking Soma, you know, like using Aldous Huxley's, um, uh, from Aldous Huxley's uh, book, Brave New World and stuffing it through the vents, we can have them come to have create concerts where perhaps this could happen. Um, you know, Rabbi Shimon, uh, you've been silent here. What do you think? Do you think that, uh, you know, do you think there should be more music? Do you have experience with music being played at uh, um, in, 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 in any of the facilities you've been at? Number one, yes, I've had experience. I wanted to mention to your earlier point there's a famous story of the Madhushar Rebbe once had to have a surgery, and instead of a sedative, he asked the doctor to allow him to really get into a certain niggin. While he was singing the niggin, they were able to do the surgery, and he felt no pain. So you see over there, the, where music could, could lift a person above even the pain of a surgery, certainly inside incarceration. Yes. Um, in, especially, in, especially emotion. I mean, you read many stories of not incarceration, but unfortunately uh, for the Jewish people, stories in uh, during the Holocaust and concentration camps where Nagunim played a big part, even hidden in the most dire situations, marching into a into the into their death. The 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 monsters that were doing this to them couldn't even understand why are they singing, 
and what are they marching and where so so that definitely the nagunam the song the music if under those conditions it it played a great part so certainly in an american prison or a jail in cook county jail more than once i brought musicians in they let me bring in entertainment for hanukkah um when i go to the state prison most of the time chaplaincy and lts the leisure time activities are housed in the same unit so there wasn't one time when i went back where i didn't see guys in the band room uh, they're all housed together it's it, 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 it's it's like part and parcel of um inside the illinois state prisons uh, music and uh, you know let's forget about pandemics on sundays on different occasions there were concerts they practiced and it was not just religious music it was music just for the general uh, population and it, it did a lot of um had a had a great effect of uh, uh bringing a calm into the prison and a different atmosphere it did have a great effect you know we're going to get into this we'll get into this with david uh, specifically but lts area there's a band room that is for in-house mm-hmm. that was there was always a group of uh uh individuals in custody in those rooms and and it was all in-house. It was not outside performers. And there was great talent. I had uh, guys that would come to my Jewish service that were actually part of the of the band. They would have to go out or uh, apologize. They have to go out to practice. One guy was the drummer. So, uh, yes, in every prison, there is a band room. And just like there's an art room, uh, there's a band room. And, and they usually house together. Uh, leisure time and chaplaincy are housed okay, together. I, okay. All the... Uh, all the <laughs> And, the weightlifters, the weightlifters, the musicians, and the artists are all housed in the same building. So you you found, uh, and Yitzchak, you can comment on this as well, that the COs and the wardens were, were were pretty understanding in letting the the incarcerated individuals have their release, not only to practice the music, but even to perform it as well for the other uh, for the other uh, inmates right they, they 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 understood this was important and that is you know we've talked a lot about the negatives about life but at least in in, in Waymart and what Rabbi Shimon is as uh, viewed has seen it sounds like they get it it sounds like they understand that this is an important element and they're allowing the prisoners the chance to be creative am i correct in, in restating what you said Yitzchak? you know the our activities director uh he, he, he on his emails you know he has his little signature it says you know we keep them busy so they don't keep you busy you know that's part of the idea is that you know there are all kinds of activities whether video games and sports and and lifting weights and certainly music and art are part of that and we and we certainly have a lot of talented musicians and i think at one time there was a, a secular band or choir part uh, and that was eliminated and that really drew a lot of people to become more involved in the church uh now in the protestant church uh, music you know they have you know guitars and drums and and singers and they have a very talented uh you know uh choir and 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 soloists and i remember you know we'd have a thanksgiving program and or sometimes I'd have to sit in for the for the Protestant service, and and you know we had very talented singers there. But there sometimes, and not only uh, singers, I'll tell you, we had another ministry program 
where they came in and helped the inmates put on a show. I think we discussed that before, which was both music and spoken word and drama and dancing. And they put and they uh, it was a Christian ministry, but they welcomed anybody and they inmates actually wrote their own uh, dramatic uh, performances and things and they performed it and uh, also with a lot of equipment to be very uh, be very professional and everything. And it was actually, you know, quite a nice program that, that uh, yeah, you know, the inmates the opportunity to shine. And, and it's not only Christians, uh, so you mentioned the Quran, our Salafi Muslims think that music is haram, or they associate that with the Sufis and other groups that they they are not really comfortable with music, uh, as opposed to our, our imam coming from Turkey, where they have a rich musical uh, culture, the, the, uh, so, so it's really... the are not, but the uh, Native Americans, certainly music is, is central to their devotion so, so so i have two questions here and i want you know when you have a big event that everybody's there in a way i, I can see security being worried uh, on one hand and I, the second thing I, i'd like to ask and, and david i want you to come in on this is you know yitzchak has mentioned uh, and we've heard from Rabbi Shai. we've had jewish music we've talked about christian music we talked about johnny cash and his southern music or country music we've talked here about uh turkish music from the imams there's so many music has become so varied um you know, when you have a prison population that has from so many uh, different types is is it is, is it is realistic for today's time for everybody to enjoy like one concert? Doesn't it seem like we're so very, look, w- the prison population mirrors what we have in the outside world. In the outside world, everybody's, everyone's listening to their iPad or listening to their iPhone on their playlist and everyone is different than the other person. I, I would assume in prison, it's going to be hard to satisfy them. So David, why don't you come in and, 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 and well, respond uh, But they, they, they uh, Just one second. They also have their iPads in the prison that they can I, I understand. But, yeah. No, no iPads in the federal prison. No iPads there. No. So, David, talk about the two things. But let me let me comment. Let me comment on both of your points. Initially, let me say, with respect to the security issue, and that's a very good point. Generally speaking, it's a very relaxed atmosphere on these holidays when these bands. And I had mentioned to you before we came on tonight, Rabbi, that. It was customary at all the prisons I was at, I was at several federal, large federal prisons, that they would have a series of concerts, you name it, reggae, rap, classical, um, you know, you name it, they had it, rock and roll. And inmates can choose one or more or none. They can choose to attend. These would go throughout the day. Now, security by and large was very loose on those days, except I do recall at FCI Loretto, the first prison I was in in uh, Western Pennsylvania, one of the guys in the in the uh, in the band screamed out something of like you know against the against the uh, COs, and he was put in the shoe immediately, <laughs> and was accused of inciting a riot, a 100 series shot, and got transferred to a maximum security prison. Was he? In other words, this was one of the inmates who was performing. Yeah, and he just made some remark at the end of a song, like kind of screamed out. And the view of the COs, uh, the the correctional officers, was that could incite a riot, which it theoretically could. It didn't. People were laughing, and that, but they it took him right off stage, 
took him to the shoe and transferred him. Wow. So that that is one event when you mentioned the security came to came to my mind. But uh, commenting just more generally, maybe, maybe he should have just said, I've got blisters on my fingers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that would have been good enough. Would have, he would have stayed at the prison with that comment. I've got blisters on my fingers. I think George Harris. I don't know who said that, but someone did. But um, I do have to say, I do have to say, because when I first came into the prison system, there were no MP3 players. We don't have uh, what the state prisons have with those uh, computers or the uh, tablets. So music, there's two kinds of music, of course. There's the MP3 players where you're listening, and that's helpful to inmates. But the live music, and I I agree with rabbis here, both of whom have witnessed it. And I agree, Rabbi Kolakowski made a good comment that I was completely consistent with what I've lived with, too, in prison, which was the responsibility fell on the chaplain when it was a religious-related music affair. Otherwise, in my case, it was always recreation who would uh, set up all of the music otherwise. But it was very, very soothing, and it was very uplifting, I have to say, as Rabbi Scheinman said, in an environment where, I often say this, there's no, you may not be depressed all the time in prison, but there's very rarely a feeling of joy, actual joy. But on those, in those instances, when there, and there were tremendously talented musicians, as Rabbi Kolakowski was alluding to at times, I mean, I was amazed at the level of talent and impressed with the prison's commitment to buying very good quality equipment at each of these prisons for these musicians. So there was really, really good quality of music. And, you know, these were days, as I said, before we came on tonight, that I and many of the inmates looked forward to very much because we had so little to look forward to. So this, it was very uplifting. And I have to say, I do, this is where I would give the prison a, a little bit of kudo here, the prison system to allow that because they don't have to, of course, so there must be a little bit of compassion there to at least allow the inmates on occasion on these holidays. And it was the main holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. There would be day long, uh, you know, from literally, I would say, noon till seven, eight at night of concerts ongoing and really enjoyable shows. So very, very positive. Well, you know, what's interesting, you know, you you mentioned the federal prisons. Uh, I I. Uh, one of my advisors on this program has served time in a state prison uh, in New York State, and he told me that, and he was an Orthodox Jewish man, and he told me that they couldn't even get um, what we, you know, we call a Malava Malka, which of course is a Saturday night um, uh, accompanying the Sabbath queen uh, into the week. And they couldn't get two guys with a guitar. The prison wouldn't allow two guys with a guitar to come. Uh, and they had eight or 10 people. They, they clamped down. He said he was there for a number of years in the state prison in Woodburn. Yitzchok, I think that's where it is in Woodburn. There's a prison there, I think. And, and yeah, you're me. Yeah. And, and he couldn't get anything. He said they never had any concerts. And, and he said it was, you know, concerts. That was, you know, it, it's, 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 it seems that the federal prison system, as we've talked about before, is way ahead. Yitzchok's prison in, in, in Pennsylvania seems to be exceptional. Uh, Rabbi Scheinman talks about uh, in Cook County. Scheinman and Yitzchok, can we say for people listening here that they could maybe attempt to visit prisons and, 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 and if they have a band, they have a group, an a cappella group, which you know you don't need that many instruments for, uh, if any, then maybe we should try to encourage this to happen more, you know, because 
and, and, and maybe this is some way, you know, under the right supervision that it could happen. Um, you know, and, and, and this is the type of thing, you know, there is singing talent everywhere. Maybe this is the type of thing that we should try to push more uh, among you know, all different denominations. Rabbi Shimon, what do you think? Can we, is this a type of push that we could, uh, that we could make an attempt to, uh, you know, to, to inspire people to do this? Yeah, well, I, I think you misunderstood. I... We're all, we're looking for ways to make things better. Maybe this is an option, especially for chesed projects. There are, there are, there are people looking for ways, what can they do to help the incarcerated. Well, how about arranging, if you if you are talented, to come to prisons and performing there? When I, I when I was the uh, the, the Rava Machsher and rabbinic supervisor of a nursing home, I would try to get young people to come to the nursing homes to to, to give something, to give a shot of energy and life and happiness. Do you think this is something we could start pushing for? Uh, for, for various prisons, if 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 it can be managed based on security issues, what do you think, Rabbi Scheinman? I think it's a wonderful idea. I think uh, that there are groups going in. Uh, there's a, a rabbi; he's not living anymore. A friend of mine, he would arrange every year uh, for Purim to bring in a band to Rikers Island. He would bring in. Uh, uh, by uh, the way, that was one of the places my 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 friend says is one of the worst. I don't know if it's as bad as Cook County. But 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 I heard that Rikers is terrible. So, and as far as what you heard, were they able to bring the band to Rikers? They were, yeah. Every year you bring it in, uh, bring that the Piamentas, I think went in. You brought the oh. Piamenta band in. And if I can add, by the way, my last year at FCI Milan in in um, in Michigan, um, the chaplain brought in the choir from the University of Michigan, it was incredible. It was what a night it was. I mean, and, and, you know, there was security that was tight, but all these students came, it was, I would say 50, uh, you know, choir participants, and it was a beautiful night. I mean, so, you know, my experience is it happened quite often. Uh, so there has been a push, uh, even from within. I think there's a recognition by many of the chaplains and, you know, administrators that, uh, see, from their perspective, it's going to add to the relaxation and and lessen the amount of tensions if you can do this on occasion. So, I mean, I, I don't. I want to be a little cynical here. I don't think they're doing it just to be kind. I think they're doing it to be to make their own lives a little easier too, to make things a little less stressful. Sure, it's sort of like when the teacher puts on a movie <laughs> when he doesn't have to teach. I, I get it. Would you say? You know, I had a discussion with Yitzchak a couple of days ago about this topic when we were thinking about it. Yitzchak felt that he wasn't sure if high schools, maybe that's too young. Um, I think that was Yitzchak's at least initial impression that perhaps high school guys, high school age students, perhaps that's too young. Uh, do you agree, David and, and Rabbi Shimon, that maybe if if there is going to be this volunteerism, you should maybe you should be old enough to withstand what it means to be to visiting a prison what well let think? me let me let me say this by the way again in my six years at fci milan on regular occasions the prison gave tours to high school students through the prison now i'm not talking about performing for the prisoners but i'm talking about it was common for high schools to be touring the prison oh is that so, so they on a regular basis there would be touring of students that age so was that was be- that was that part of the scared straight policy or was that sort of just like to go to a museum? I mean, what was the idea? 
I think so. I think more of the latter, just for educational purposes, understanding the real world and, you know, just, you know, getting a sense of, and, you know, everyone was very respectful. And I think, and they actually looked very relaxed. Everyone was very relaxed. Now, keep in mind, by the way, I I would want to say, I was only at minimum security prisons. Um, Rabbi Scheiman and uh, Rabbi Kolakowski would have a better sense of if, if, if my sharings here about my experiences with music, does the same apply in the in the in the high level security uh prisons you the two of you rabbis would have a better sense because my experience was entirely in low security i'm assuming they allow music throughout but i i don't know but maybe they wouldn't let they wouldn't let high school students tour a maximum security person no i'm sure probably not right and, and that might be for the safety of the students correct correct i i mean um David, I know one of the prisons you were, and you've told me this uh, when, we, when we weren't recording, and I looked this prison up, was the Morgantown uh, prison in Morgantown, right? The federal... Yeah, uh, the camp know. there, the FCI Morgantown right. in, in West Virginia. Yeah. I think they call it Camp Fed, right? Or something like well, that. Well, there, there was a piece they did on 60 Minutes, actually, because at the time they had an in-ground pool and a golf course, nine holes, and after airing that that was the end of the pool in the golf course oh no they uh, filled they filled the pool up afterwards yeah mike wallace ended up being the snitch and uh turned turned the place into a regular prison again you know what he was i I have such respect for mike wallace he is a he is he's got a very jewish uh dogged method of 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 approaching things and analyzing things but boy you know he he has done a lot he did a lot in terms of his gotcha um, yeah, that was that was the end of the swimming days at uh, FCI Morgantown. In other words, they didn't want you to think that the people who had put in prison were enjoying themselves too much. Exactly. But they but did, now when I but I was there many years later. I was there 10, 15 years. But later. they did have, as you said, they had a, 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 a an auditorium that was large enough for, for concerts consistently, correct? Yes, and they in fact they showed movies there and then they would have uh, music events there, including karaoke on a regular basis, which I participated in and it was it was enjoyable. I mean I have to say So the really karaoke really was fun. sort of like like a talent show type of thing. Right? Exactly. Well more like the gong show, I guess you could yes. say, because there were there was probably more booing than cheering, particularly for old guys like me. Right. So I, I would assume, you know, based on our conversations, that you were taking uh, standards from the Great American Songbook, but that doesn't yeah. that doesn't That's play correct. so much with the younger generation. I don't think they know Body and Soul or um, uh, you know One More for the Road. I don't think they know much about uh, that. One More for the Road. It was it was what took me off the stage. I think but, that uh, was what you were singing up. <laughs> yeah, it was. It didn't go over well. I have to say. <laughs> um. But I guess that's my other question. I mean, most Yitzchok and and Rabbi Scheinman, you can confirm on this. Most of the incarcerated individuals today are probably in their 20s and 30s. Would we say that's probably correct? I would say so. Yeah. So most of these 20 and 30 year olds of today are not interested in old Sinatra ballads or stuff. They right. So is is, can we say that perhaps and again, without uh, demeaning anything, you know, of course, that, that, that there is, you know, the hip hop and, and gangster lyrics. Those are the type of things which I, I guess, you know, don't necessarily jive with, you know, soothing a savage breast. Yitzhak, uh, what do you think? I, I mean, let's say you have a prison of 20 and 30 year olds and let's yeah. say 50 percent are African-American, let's say, which is, I think, yeah. the normal, 
you know, proportion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so maybe, you know, there might be some censorship about what sort of concerts are proper, right? Again, if there's, you know, if the concerts are full of expletives and, you know, and and statements about that, that, that sort of like imply aspects of violence, I don't suppose that would would be the type of thing that the COs and the prisons would want to you know to be glorifying, right? That that's part of and that's part of everything with the religious department as well. We we have to be worried about glorifying you know, violence, whether you know uh, you know we're talking of the Nation of Islam or, or Odinist or any of these other groups. We have to kind of keep an eye open, make sure. So it's the same thing. With the activities department as this so you're saying there might be some messages in other words even to stuff to us that sounds benign there might be some messages in the lyrics that might be sending something dangerous is that what you're saying it's up yeah yeah it's something that has to be taken you know taken into consideration i mean i don't remember any uh hip-hop uh concerts but i do remember like r&b type concerts you know and i remember this one jewish fellow from uh from philly a russian jew who was there and he was kind of upset because he he wanted to go to this concert and he was on the call out for for the rabbis uh for the rabbis uh, uh sheer or whatever and he said oh take me off that i want to go to the concert and i'm going to miss the concert because of the because i'm on this call out you need to so it's uh... so. I mean, based on our conversation tonight, that might have been better for him spiritually, right? I'm sure you. I'm sure you give a great cheer, and you would. No, have... it wasn't my cheer. It was Lubavitcher rabbi, but uh, okay. Well, then I don't know. I'm not going to say anything against Lubavitcher. Well, he's a very nice guy. Especially Rabbi Shimon here, but it's possible that for a person in prison, you know, we we, we go back to what we've heard since we've been children that the Shar Hanigun is not closed, right? That the that, that, that the gate. Of, of song is the type of way you can approach God and, and connect to them in ways that sometimes prayer doesn't. Um, and, you know, it, it's possible that that Shar Nigun doesn't even have words, isn't it? The Nigun, there are no words. It's just the tune itself. You know, the melody itself has a power that I right. think, that I think okay. could be done. Um, All right, so we are also joined with uh, by Rabbi Kolakowski's uh, better half here, um, the uh, Rebetzin Chava Kolakowski, who is also a, uh, a chaplain and uh, and works primarily, I think, in Rockland State uh, Mental Facility. I don't know if I've said that correctly. Um, Chava, what did you? Uh, I, I know you've been listening. Um, you've been tapping your toes to this musical. <laughs> <laughs> this musical ditties that we've been offering here. What, what would you like to What would you like to add to our conversation? A musician before she. So before I became a chaplain, I was a professional. Actually, before I became a from Yid, I was a professional opera singer. But I always um, had. There was always a connection between my Yiddishkeit and my spirituality and my music. So when I came to Rockland, I was like, they wanted me to do spirituality groups. But they knew I was a musician, so they were like, oh, can you connect the two? And I was like, absolutely. And I have, I did do groups before COVID, and I actually still do groups now where, and a lot of them involve just people requesting music, you know? And then we talk about, like, their spiritual connection to the music, because um, 
So you actually, I mean, you know, has says that that music is taking the good wins and 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 removing the clipas from the bad wins and you know and, and separating those two and that's how we make a tikkun. So I uh, anyway, people will request songs in my in my groups in the mental hospital, and I can literally see the lines in their face relax as they're listening to the music. And sometimes we get into deep stuff when they talk about, you know, how it affects them spiritually and, uh, and why they chose it on that particular day. But it always, always, always is a positive benefit. So that's and all I really wanted to say. So, so, Chava, so you actually, using your trained voice, you actually go and sing pieces with them, right? You actually I'm not, sing. I'm not really singing. Although we do, I, we do have a music group that I sometimes assist with there in Rockland. Um, a singing group and sometimes I, I suggest songs or I help them with training but um, my my contribution is more sometimes we, we work for, with percussion or sometimes I play piano um, and I have the, the patients dance to it or sometimes they talk about songs that move them and I have them perform it or we just listen to it um, so I'm not really performing but I'm using my musical training to help them um, express their own spirituality through music. Well, you know, I can tell you again, this is sort of like off topic, but I can tell you that, you know, I had a sister, of course, and I've spoken about her in this program who was uh, developmentally disabled and was, you know, a person who had been in psychiatric hospitals, had been in mental uh, facilities, had been unfortunately abused there. And when she was in the, um, uh, in, in, in private homes and I would visit her, this is one of the things I insisted on was that there should be music constantly uh, being played. And I bought a number of uh, CDs for her, tapes before that. Um, and I tried to get her to go to, um, you know, it was in the middle of, uh, ja- it was in Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, there was one shul there, but it was barely open and she wasn't able to manage the, um, the steps there. So I felt Alpi Halacha, Rabbi Shimon, you could you, you might uh, 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 you know find this strange, but I felt she needed stimulation, and I said, take her to gospel, take her to a, a an African American gospel church. I want her to to be stimulated. I don't want her to to, to just go into a, a funk of uh, you know as if she's you know into a fetal position into herself. And Chava, I'm sure that you feel that as well. There's probably people that are, when you're not playing music, they, they, they've put up this, whether it's they're able, whether they can control it or not, a defense mechanism that they're, they're shielding themselves. They're sort of like totally wrapped in themselves. And the music allows them to, to break that. 100%. I can actually see them relax or engage depending on their their mood you know and it's really exciting to see that and i do think that it's a d- demonstrative of what rabbi nachman said i should also mention the the statement that the student of the vilna gon uh rabbi Stroll of sklov writes in the hakdama to the the taklan chadet in the taklan chadet in Tushkolim, he writes there that when when the power of music he says is the power of trias amesim because he says you can see what happens when people hear music, they almost 
automatically begin moving their body involuntarily. Uh, a tune gets them going and, and, and they start moving and, and, and tapping their toes and even getting up. And he says, when you see a person who isn't the dancer, but all of a sudden the music takes hold of them, he says, that's a dogma to the, the, the body coming back to life after, um, you know, after the Rabboni Shalom uh, will bring us back, brings back the soul. Dancing and being affected by music in a way is, 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 the, is the unleashing of the, the unbound energy of life that's within us that can even go beyond death. Uh, that's from, again, that's from the Vilna Gon quoting, uh, the Rabbi Sorrel Sklover quoting the Vilna Gon. So I think, as Rabbi Scheinman said about, in, you know, in the concentration camps and, and where you are in, in you know, in, in, in the severely, uh, in a facility where you have severely um, damaged people, look at the, the, the power, the salve of music. And of course, this, this is, Alachas Kama Vakama, I think all of us know how listening to music has, has been shown to lower b- blood pressure, has been shown to, uh, in, in, in various studies, uh, has shown to, uh, to be uh, corroborated with a longer lifespan. Uh, people that constantly uh, expose themselves to music uh, will seemingly able to manage life's difficulties much better in, in terms of having a, a much longer and hopefully a better life. So I think this is all, you know, it's, it's all of one piece that I think we can pull. And you see this by singers. People generally have an inhibition. And that inhibition of, of, you know, of normalcy, of standoffishness, of, of, of being scared of the other person, of putting up masks. But all of a sudden, when you sing a song, you can belt it out and you're able to, to sort of free yourself. Um, you know, you, you see that, right? You can see there in ways when people sing, they're able to sort of like un, uncork in a way that's safe. Normally, we're afraid of uncorking deep emotions because we're afraid of what that's going to do to the people around us and, and we're embarrassed by it. But when we all sing a niggin together, you, you can see, as, as Chavez says, that people's faces change, the lines change. But also we can tap in emotionally the stuff that we've, in a way, been holding in, right? And um, couldn't agree more. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, mates, he saw in a book, I think, chicken, chicken soup for the yeah. prisoner's soul. He hand wrote this story, and and gave it to me, and I put it up on my wall. It was Shlomo Karbach. He went to visit a prison upstate for Hanukkah, and he made a little concert, and then. Uh, he went to find every every person in the prison to give him a hug, and there was a one big tough guy. He he said, "Rabbi, please come back." He said, "He said I need another one of those hugs." He said, "If I would have had hugs like that when growing up, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be here now." So you know, it's uh... once again, Carl. You know, again, Rabbi Scheinman, you've gone places no one has gone, but <laughs> some of those places, Carl Bach was there even before you. Um, as we say. All right, Trevor, that's it for this week, my friends. Um, we go out with a song. Take care. Be well. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.